As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Forbidden Speech, The Raw Truth, with your host, Christina Rivera. In this savvy broadcasting series, we delve into hot topics affecting us all. With cancel culture and big tech censoring any opposing ideas and thoughts outside of mainstream ideology, it has become more important than ever that we tell the raw truth about everything from U.S. world politics, COVID, Christianity, and everything in between. We invite all points of view to come and share their perspective honestly and respectfully. Hi, John. How are you? Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting's new series. We're so grateful to have you. How are you? I am well, thank you. And thank you for having me on the show. Uh, you betcha. It's a blessing to have you here today. We're going to talk about the life of Golden, which is, uh, believe it or not, your wonderful Golden Retriever. And you've written a wonderful book, which I love, is taken from the perspective of your wonderful dog and, and good friend. Uh, so, Cher, how did you come to writing your book? What was the impetus for writing it? That's a good question. Uh, of course, every question you ask is going to be good. But uh, my wife and I were sitting in our lanai one day and our beautiful dog was just marching around in the backyard. And we saw her and my wife said, I wonder what she's thinking right now. And that, that spurred the whole thing. Um, ironically, we did, we were been taking pictures ever since she was a little pup mm-hmm. and had no idea that those pictures would end up in the book. But so, you know, what is that dog thinking? So we went back uh, into her early days and uh, just I just started writing and it came so easy because Bella's the one that actually told me what to write. So I have to give her the credit. You know, that, that's amazing to me. And, you know, we talked before the interview a couple of weeks back, the yes. blessings and, and the lessons that dogs give to us. Uh, they are the supreme creatures of servitude. And if we want to serve God and Jesus, the best way to do it is to look at how your dog does it, because dogs are the epitome of service and love. And, and exactly. God is love and God shows that through beautiful creatures like our dogs. Yeah. And, uh, and Bella shows us love every day. And, uh, we got Bella as a therapy dog, and it's therapy to us as well. And we didn't realize that when we got her. But every place we go, she's not an official therapy dog, but she is because everybody she goes up to, she just shows them the love, her love and the love that we've shown our dog. And then she portrays it to everybody else. 
She's yeah. such a sweet little. Yeah, she really is. Now, share for me, uh, we've gotten to know my Henry dog here. He's such a blessing. But, you know, as you live with your dogs, uh, they, they don't speak human but or English, but they learn to communicate by looking you a certain way, by, you know, maybe a certain bark. How have you learned to decipher what Bella is saying at different times and, and to have that connection with her? Uh, she looks at us, like you said, in a specific way when she wants to go outside. That's obvious. And then when she wants to come in, it's obvious. Uh, when she needs something, that becomes a little bit obvious to her. But I think she probably looks at us like we look at her, like, what's that two-legged critter saying? I don't <laughs> understand what he's saying specifically, but I wonder what that guy or that person is thinking. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, it's kind of amazing because we all interact with each other, especially through the eyes. And I always tell everybody, every creature <clears throat> communicates through their eyes first of all <clears throat> whether it's a bird or a snake or whatever it is you look into their eyes and then when we look in people's eyes we can see body language through those eyes so it's <clears throat> excuse me let me grab it yeah sure no worries but so much communication is through the eyes especially in this world today where we're a lot of us are wearing masks and we miss the opportunity of seeing smiles I often wonder what Bella thinks about suddenly these, all these masks have appeared. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's interesting you say that because I feel the eyes are the window of the soul. And and one thing about the whole thing coming about the past year is it's really caused a separation of people, not just politically, but also the idea of separating us from each other, just our, our way of being with each other, six feet apart, mask up. I mean, it's really hard to really build those connections with people. And I think animals can help us bridge that gap and make that connection better if we learn to learn from them well when we train our dogs we give them certain commands and we expect them to follow and it's almost like our government is giving us commands and we're expected to follow yeah and so, we're just <laughs> blindly going along with it yeah <laughs> we um, don't bark or anything a lot of us we just I, go on yeah i mean i think we can learn a lot from animals because n never would an animal just desire or think to have control over other animals like a, a squirrel wouldn't go into the kingdom of squirrels and say okay listen up i'm top squirrel you're all gonna do what i'm saying uh they would never do that animals just be and live in the moment and we talked about that uh, in our first chat together the wonderfulness of of creatures like bella and my henry and other animals that live in the present moment and and we could really learn to do that as humans to stop going through these power struggles and power over others and just live in the moment. Absolutely. When Bella was a little pup, we had the uh, luxury of having a lanai and we put a bird feeder out the lanai and we have all kinds of birds and squirrels and rabbits come up to the lanai and, and Bella, when she was growing up, uh, this particular lanai had a screen all the way to the ground. So even when she was a pup, she was literally nose to nose with these birds and squirrels, they would come up to her. So she learned the interaction with these strange creatures. Mm -hmm. And um, she is so good when we go out in public. And if there's a bird on the beach, she just wants to play with it rather than chase it to for food or anything. Yeah. But she shows her love to other creatures as well as to us. Yeah. And, and I that in a book. <laughs> Exactly. And you know what's amazing? I know this one girl said I used to feed this bird and what he would do kind of a payment is he would bring her gifts along the way like a, a bottle cap or, or a piece of glass. And of course, those mean nothing to us humans, but the bird wanted to reciprocate 
because he was getting a bird feeder full of food and he wanted to say thank you to his humans or the humans feeding him. And I thought, how precious is that? He's trying to give a gift, you know, he's trying to give payment for the wonderfulness of these humans leaving him food. I thought, how, how beautiful is that? Hallelujah to that. Um, one thing we can learn from, I learned from Bella hmm. is she said, and she wrote it in her book too, was that a lot of people say they like dogs more than people. And that's really sad because we should all love each other. But the love that we show dogs and that they show us it should be nothing different than what we show other people. And But people have been hurt. And for a lot of reasons, uh, we don't like other people. But forgiveness is a big thing that a lot of people can't just grasp and get a hold of. And even our dogs, our, our pets, uh, they forgive us when we have to uh, discipline them in a loving way or to correct yeah, them yeah. and guide them. But they come back with us in love and and forgiveness <laughs> in a way that they show with their little puppy eyes and their little smile. And Bella smiles so lovingly all the time, too. So does Henry. This big smile. Yeah. <laughs> no, and but when you... she smiles, we wonder, what is she thinking now? What does she want? I know. And, you know, you mentioned another great thing. Not only do dogs teach us about service and love and living in the present, but forgiveness. Uh, many times, even if you have a bad day and you start screaming and hollering, I forget that that affects our, our animals because they feel that en energy. Um, and my dog will go hiding like she's upset. I'm going to stay away for a bit. Um, but then he'll come out, his tail's down, like, are you upset? You know, and he wants to you know, seek my forgiveness. I didn't do anything wrong, but you know, we could learn from that humbleness, humbleness, forgiveness, and all of that, that the animals teach us. Absolutely. Um, I had a Cocker Spaniel before, and this little Cocker Spaniel was filled with love too, but she was so annoying. She was not a service dog, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And she needed a lot of forgiveness from me. I won't go into details. <laughs> But Bella is just a special dog, not just to us, but to everybody. Yeah. yeah. It's it's amazing. It, she approaches people. Mm -hmm. uh, they do not see fear in her or they don't see or Bella doesn't see fear in them. And there's always a nice connection. And they always reach their hands out because they know uh, the love that uh, not just Bella, but a, a lot of dogs. And I don't want to uh, say that there's no dog that can't show love. Oh yeah. Uh, Bella was brought up in a in an environment where love is everywhere. Love is everything, and love is God, and God is love. Yeah, yeah. And he, I love that animals can really show us that and teach us that on a daily basis. There's a beautiful airplane there, and everyone. Uh, uh, John right now is in the beautiful state of Florida. Look at how gorgeous it is over there. It looks like you're in uh, paradise right now. <laughs> paradise. We say that every day. It's gorgeous. And then the funny thing is, we said, where are we going to go on vacation? Uh, you know, people spend, people spend thousands of dollars to come to this area to go on vacation. Why would we leave? Exactly. But we are, going, we are going on vacation now. Yeah. Well, sometimes it's good to have a change of environment, regardless if you live in a nice area, a pretty area. Um, but it's good to get a change of scenery sometimes. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, sure. but it, it's so true. I, I'm thinking today you've given so much to share the life of Golden. Um, where can people get a copy? Uh, then go to Amazon.com. And I don't know how the algorithms work, but uh, this forbidden speech. if you put my name or just wriggle after it, Amazon.com, 
Briggle, life of a golden, life of a golden, Briggle or Briggle, life of a golden. Yes. And uh, the book should pop up and you had the cover there. And uh, Christmas is coming up. I think it's a real good book. It's a family book. It's got a lot of humor in it. Uh, a lot of love, obviously. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of good underlying uh uh, just love and, and uh-huh. compassion for people in general. Well, and tell, first, go ahead. I, I want to ask you if, if uh, Bella could speak right now, what do you think she would say about the current situation of tension and polarity between people and diversity, uh, not diversity, the, the pull, the breaking apart of people. What do you think her, her words would be to the audience right now? If she could speak. Um, I think she draws people with all the differences they have with each other. She draws them together, and all we need is love. And forget all the stuff that brings negativity into people's lives, mm-hmm. and just all the stuff that separates people. And draw them all together, and that's what Bella does. And and any loving dog that brings people together rather than separate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's funny we talked about separation. Uh, Bella is wonderful with little children because she's been brought up around the neighborhood kids and a lot of the kids or some of them are taught to stay away from dogs mm-hmm. ironically but they're probably for a reason mm-hmm. but the little child would just want to reach out to bella and then that barrier is broken down so i think he's talking about the world situation we need to break those barriers down with love and unconditional love and forgiveness and forgiveness and I think uh, dogs in our life can teach us that that wonderful lesson, as well as going into nature. Maybe you don't own a dog. You can't own a dog where you're at because I lived in New York City for many years. But I used to go walking in the parks and see birds and see the, how they at, interact with each other. They don't have that that presence of, I mean, yeah, birds fight sometimes. Animals fight. You see in the wild, they have to kill each other for food. But it's, it's different than humans. It's not done for malice. And uh, we could really learn walking through the woods and being with the trees and animals to, to get back to love, get back to God, and get back to not being separate. We begin our day on our own eye looking at this beautiful backyard of ours, and we just look at all the glory, all of God's creation, and God created each one of us to be a specific special purpose for a specific purpose. And all these creatures out there for a specific purpose, too. We may not understand what that mosquito is for, but we, it serves a purpose, 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 whether it's for food for the birds or the, the little uh, geckos that run around. But God has a plan for everything he created, and it's all part of his wonderful creation. Yeah. And John, you said something very important. I just want to, when we end our talk today, is that I don't know if it was China or um, I think it was China where a ruler had said many years ago that there were too many hummingbirds and it really bothered him. Oh, there's so many hummingbirds. He sent his armies out to kill them all. And guess what? They had a famine, a huge famine because those hummingbirds would, would like move the uh, pollen around just like bees do. And they were an essential part of the whole kind of um, ecology of nature to move and to get plants growing. And by getting rid of the hummingbird, they actually created a famine. So when I heard that story, I was like, man, to think, we don't know what the mosquitoes are about. They bite us, with pain in the butts, but there's there's a hole, there's a reason for it. And by getting rid of it, you could hurt the entire rest of the ecosystem. Absolutely. And we look at creatures like alligators and you might think they're ugly and who would have created something like that? 
boy, I look at God is an artist. He's yeah. an artist. And look what he created here with this. He's, <laughs> he's a masterful artist to come up with something crazy like this. <laughs> You're amazing, John. I'm so grateful you and your wife uh, created the life of a of a golden, uh, the wonderful memoirs of Bella. Uh, everyone, go out there to Amazon, get your copy today. Is there also a website thing go to, John? Uh, not at this time, no. Just directly through Amazon, correct? And I, right. I do have other books up there too. And if you don't mind, to, uh, I would like to promote a special song that I wrote for my daughter's wedding, oh. and I wrote it and composed it. And it also it's on YouTube. And if you go Briggle, this name of the song is Daddy's Little Girl. Oh, and and get ready to cry, especially for your dad with a little girl that's getting married. A wonderful wedding song, obviously. I wrote it for my daughter. And um, the words were inspired in about five minutes because I was in tune with the love of God and the love that God showed our family and my daughter and her new marriage. So... Uh, it's wonderful. So, yeah, if you don't mind, take yeah. a listen. It's free on YouTube. Well, you know, that's such a blessing. God bless the union of your daughter and, right. and her new husband and for the rest of the family. It's awesome. Uh, John Bringle, Briggle, how do you say it? Briggle, yes. Briggle. John Briggle, Briggle, I just have to thank you again for coming to share the life of a golden uh, Bella story. I'm so grateful you were able to come today on our new series, um, The Raw Truth, um, Forbidden Speech. And thank you so much for coming. Awesome. And thank you very much for the invite again and looking forward to talking to you again. Uh, don't get me started on politics because I just won't shut up. Well, then we must have you back. <laughs> have a great one, John. Thank you again. Bye-bye. God bless. Like, subscribe, and share this episode. To listen to more Forbidden Speech or Savvy episodes, visit SavvyBroadcasting.com. To find out about our paid sponsorship opportunities or how to become a guest, email Christina at lifeunscriptedradio.com.